0: to listen to God's word with a brief time of silence to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Hebrews 2 verses 14 through 18. It can be found on page 1162 in your pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow along with me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Our second reading is taken from Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word of the Lord.
1: keep your bibles open there at hebrews chapter 4 and let's continue on verses 15 16 and 17 excuse me 14 15 and 16 therefore since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I'm only human. ever said that? I'm only human. And when we say that, isn't it a confession? I mean, aren't we admitting something about ourselves? Aren't we admitting that I'm only human? I, I can be weak. I can make mistakes. I can fail. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. And it's true. You and I are only human. No one is Superman. No one is Wonder Woman. We go through life knowing our limitations, and as we get older, we probably become more aware of those limitations, particularly physically, sometimes mentally too, and um, eventually, our bodies will give out, we'll die. That's part of what it means to be human. To be human is also to enjoy beauty and love, and creativity, and joy, and sensual pleasures, and relationships. And to be human, part of being human is also to fear, and to grieve, and to be lonely, and to hurt, and to know sadness. But the good news of the message of Jesus Christ is that God is with us in our humanness we are not called to transcend this life, we are not supposed to or expected to conquer all our battles and go undefeated, God acts on our behalf in Jesus Christ to help us in our time of need. God acts on our behalf in Jesus Christ to help us in our time of need. Last week when we began this series on the book of Hebrews, we saw, if you would, the God side of Jesus. Uh, God has broken through in Jesus Christ. He has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ, who radiates the glory of God and is the exact representation of God's being. Of who God is, the exact representation of that. But there's also the human side of Jesus. He was not only fully God, but he was also fully human. And he was just like us in every way. And because he was just like us in every way, he is able to provide us help when and how we need it. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. He had to be made like them fully human in every way. The children, that's us. It refers to us. Jesus had the same flesh and blood we do. He shared our humanity. Read about the life of Jesus in the Gospels and see Jesus as a child, needing to grow up from being a boy to becoming a man. Uh, We see that Jesus gets hungry He gets tired. He needs sleep. We read the Gospels and Jesus gets frustrated and sometimes angry. He feels sadness. He weeps. Uh, We see that Jesus had to ask questions sometimes. He didn't have all the information. He needed to get the information. Sometimes he was surprised, he had no idea. Um, He feels compassion. He struggles. He suffers, he feels real physical pain. The Jesus of the Gospels is not a robot. He's not a heavenly figure who's immune from the human condition. He didn't come with some kind of protective shield around his heart and around his mind and around his body. He doesn't come and raise himself above the human experience. He fully entered it. Now, in the Greek world, the Greeks thought their their picture was their gods were up there in comfort, enjoying themselves, eating well, resting well, looking down on everybody, but in no way concerned or involved. They were totally detached. Well, Jesus is not a detached God. Many other religions see God or the gods as needing to be appeased in order to intervene in people's lives. Some prominent religions today see it blasphemous that God would enter this world and take on flesh and blood and come to us. God broke through in Jesus. And another part of his being human is that he went through the hard experience of temptation. Part of being human is to be tempted. The scripture says he himself suffered when he was tempted. And in chapter 4, the writer of Hebrews says Jesus was tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. He never succumbed to temptation, living a perfectly obedient life, but nevertheless, he experienced temptation. That doesn't mean Jesus knew every specific temptation that you know or that I knew. Different world, different temptation, different people. But the mental, those emotional dynamics that are common to all temptation uh, was fully known to Jesus. Wanting to get revenge. Greed. The temptation of lust. The temptation of dishonesty. The temptation of um, selfishness or of apathy. Jesus experienced these. Jesus faced the temptation of Satan in the wilderness. He was tempted to use power for himself. He was tempted to bow down to a power besides his father. He was tempted to misplace his worship. He was tempted to twist the word of God for his own purposes. Remember our Lord in Gethsemane? In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him, to God, who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Jesus struggled with doing the Father's will. He asked that he would be spared the suffering of the cross. He experienced being let down by his disciples. He goes to the cross and he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He ached, feeling abandoned by his father. In Jesus, God became human. When it comes to our lives, when it comes to our lives, Jesus can say, I understand, I understand. You ever felt that God didn't care? Jesus has been there. Have you ever felt betrayed? Jesus has been there. Have you ever felt lonely or felt exhausted and weary? Or you've just had a heart so heavy you didn't know if you'd survive? So has Jesus. Ever cried? Ever been physically beaten, maybe? Ever been tempted so badly that you just thought you were going to burst? So is Jesus. Because he fully shared our humanity, because he suffered, because he tempted, Jesus is able to help those who are human, who suffer, and who are tempted. In chapter 2 and 4, the writer speaks of Jesus helping us. He's able to help those who are being tempted, to help us in our time of need. And he can help us because... He is our high priest. Our high priest. The big theme of the book of Hebrews is how Jesus is our high priest. From chapters 4 through chapters 10, that is the big thing. Jesus as our high priest is the spine that runs right up and down the entire book of Hebrews. Now, the role of high priest probably doesn't resonate with many of us very much. Our Christian faith, which comes heavily from, most heavily from the New Testament, doesn't require a priest. Even our Roman Catholic and uh, Episcopalian Christian brothers and sisters have priests, but it's very different than the high priest's role in ancient Judaism. In Protestant Christianity, we have pastors. Some traditions and tribes in Protestant Christianity don't even have that. They are totally lay-led. They have absolutely no hierarchy in their leadership. We believe in the priesthood of all believers, which is a New Testament conviction that says all of us can come to God without mediation. You don't need your pastor to pray to God for you. You can pray. You don't need someone else to forgive your sins. You can do that. You can go to Jesus yourself, although a pastor may be helpful in facilitating those things. As priests to one another, we can serve one another, we can pray for one another, we can forgive one another, we can bring one another to God without a barrier. But the readers of Hebrews, who were probably Jewish, of Jewish background, who had now come to faith in Christ, they were well acquainted with the role of high priest. They valued it. They had known what a high priest was all their lives. They, um, it meant a great deal to them. And by the way, Hebrews is the only book in the entire Bible where Jesus is referred to as a high priest. Um, As I say, it's the main theme of Hebrews. In ancient Judaism, it was like this. The high priest was set apart from the rest of the people in order to dedicate himself to the various duties of worship and sacrifice. It was the high priest who was considered, he was the holiest person in the land. Um, The high priest handled the sacrifices, slaughtered the animals, uh, was responsible for all the rituals that included the blood of the sacrificed animals. The high priest was the mediator for God, um, mediators for God's presence to the people. The high priest was responsible for the day-to-day operations of the temple. The high priest spoke blessings on behalf of the people and prayed for the people the high priest advocated for the people on behalf of God. They represented the people before God so that the people could be forgiven of their sins, so that they could be in a right relationship with God. The high priest had special access to God. A backstage pass, if you would. High priest. Dare I say, and I may, I may be going in the wrong direction, I may get myself into trouble using this in illustration, but... Dare I say that a better image may be for us, in our world, in our day, um, more tangible, reliable image instead of high priest, is that of a lawyer. Uh, with due respect to the lawyers in our church, who are some of the finest people I know, some are elders here, some are deacons here, and uh, personal friends of mine, at least they were until now, and what I'm about to say, I, some people I know don't associate, we don't associate holiness or sacredness with lawyers, do we? Um, and, and they're not like ancient worshipers, like the high priest, But and that's where this maybe breaks down, I know that, but I'm, I mean, you, you, you know the jokes, right? The lawyer jokes, I mean, what's the difference between a good lawyer and a bad lawyer? A bad lawyer makes your case go on for years, and a good lawyer makes it last even longer, you know, it just keeps going. Or, I mean, how many lawyer jokes are there? Three, the rest are true stories. And. How do you know the lawyers in Mount Olympus Presbyterian Church? They're the other ones getting up to leave right now. <laughs> I know there are associations with lawyers, but if, you know what, if we want our case to be heard and we need to go before a judge so that things will go well for us and we can either receive what we need or we are exonerated, Uh, we find a lawyer. We need a lawyer to represent us. A good lawyer can be an advocate before the seat of judgment. An advocate. And in 1 John, uh, the disciple John calls Jesus our advocate. And he writes, Dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, I'm human. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ represents us before the Father. He pleads our case and he can advocate with For us with perfect representation because, number one, he is the son of God who is in the presence of the father. And number two, he has walked in our shoes as a human being and knows how hard it is to be human, and he speaks to the father on our behalf. Yes, father, I know Phil is showing his temper again. And those things that he said were terribly inappropriate. Yes, I know he was pretty heartless with that person. Yes, he has been an absolute donkey's rear end with his family this week. I know that. But remember, I was in that world too, and it is so hard sometimes. Father, would you forgive him? Now, I doubt it's quite like that. But you get the point, I think. He's our advocate. Your advocate, my advocate. And if we want our case to be won in a court, let's just say we got a big case and it goes all the way to the Supreme Court. We want the best lawyer we can get. And we have no greater advocate before the creator of this universe than his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who lived for us, who died for us, who rose for us, and continues to work for us, if you will, representing us before the throne of God. You see, the high priest had access to God, and Jesus Christ has access to God in a way no high priest ever had. It's not even worth comparing. Those of you who are reading Hebrews, as we go along in this sermon series, keep your eye on the theme of the high priest. Chapter 2 says Jesus has become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. In chapter 4, it says he is not unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Empathy. The ability to feel what somebody else feels, to know their experience, it is feeling into someone else. Boy, no one knows better the frustration of a hard marriage than someone who's gone through a frustrating marriage. No one better knows the pain of cancer than someone who's gone through cancer, whether themselves or with a loved one. No one knows better the fear of financial struggle or the challenges of aging or the battles of raising a very troubled child than someone who has gone through that same thing. Empathy is greatest through shared experience. Jesus has gone through the human situation. He can empathize with our weakness. I, can po- I suppose he can empathize with our strengths too, but he knows our weakness And that is why we are given this invitation. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We can approach the bench, if you would, with confidence, and we will receive grace and we will receive mercy in our time of need. And we all have need. And the time that the writer of Hebrews is speaking of, it's not clock time, it is situation time. Uh, God will provide the help at the right time. He has timely help for us. And yes, I, like you, think God gets a little behind schedule sometimes and doesn't move fast enough. God doesn't move as fast as we think he should be moving. Uh, Love that song from the black gospel tradition, He may not be in a hurry, but he's always right on time. The Lord knows the when and he knows the where for our lives. And that's why our relationship with God is always lived by trust and patience and prayerful waiting. And how we need grace. Oh, how we need the hand of God in our lives. Beyond anything we deserve, nothing we can earn, but solely out of his love, grace. So, friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God, into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. We need help. Jesus is there to give it. He's opened the door for us to God. Never too busy, never too distant, never too tired to help us in our time of need because we can't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps all the time and we can't get rid of our fears or remove many of our limitations. You know the 12 steps are an effective um, way to work through addictions and uh, whether it's alcohol or narcotics or pornography or other things. And one of the 12 steps is for us to admit our powerlessness over our addiction. And another step is that we need a power greater than ourselves to help us overcome this. God may give us the strength to get through something, but it's going to be by his grace, not our earning. George Guthrie, in his commentary on the book of Hebrews, writes how though a lot can be said about self-initiative and hard work and self-confidence. Humans are still pretty limited. We need someone greater than ourselves to come into our experience from the outside and lead us, teach us, and rescue us. In short, we need a champion. And what is surprising is the form our champion took in the means of our liberation The one of all power took the position of the powerless. The Lord of life drank deeply of death. The way he brought us up to God was by coming completely down to even below our level, taking the form of a servant. Since we could not save ourselves, he saved us from the worst of human experience. He did not save himself from the worst of human experiences. The limitless Lord of the universe took on limitations in order to free us from ours. And nowhere are our limitations more clearly seen than in death. Jesus Christ, our merciful and faithful high priest, gave his life on the cross and defeated its power through the resurrection. He entered the worst to take the worst so that he can help us in the worst for us. He walks with us. He shepherds us. He comes to us with, not judgment, but compassion, grace, and empathy. And he's able to help us in our lives right now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, When we are pressed down with a load of sorrow, perplexed, not knowing what to do, or when we're slandered or persecuted, help us. When we are blind or ignorant or self-willed, we end up in another pit, help us. In our trials and our temptations, strength runs out and the tank seems to be empty help us and thank you son of god that in your empathy and your grace and your mercy you will you will amen
0: let's let's stand together